Burgundy Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. Welcome in to a victory edition of Burgundy Blogcast with the man, Brent. And I am always merely Hayes. I've got several adjectives lined up for this one, Brent. Uh, thrilling, stupefying. If I can use a hyphen, keep them odds, coming, baby. Uh, odds defying, keep them victory coming. I'm here for the for Redskins in Seattle, reversing what you may have thought about this season. Um, but I can only imagine what Brent has cooked up for his one more description of this 17 to 14 win over the Seattle Seahawks for Washington. Brent, enlighten us. What's your one word to describe this win? That game was unfrickin' believable. All right, so I thought I was, you know, maybe going to push the rules with one hyphen, but I believe if you're going unfreaking believable, that's going to require two hyphens. Multiple hyphens. To make that one word. Um, rem- reminding you that this is a family-friendly podcast and, you know, not <laughs> getting into details of what you may or may have not done with your pants off uh, towards the end of that game. Uh, elaborate on My this. kids were here. We watched that <laughs> one as a family. That's I, all right. So I mean, I'm not. I don't want to go too too deep on it, but that's probably one of those moments that like I've heard you talk about where you went from like, what the hell is my you know dad doing, spending all this time yelling at the TV, to <laughs> totally getting what it meant to be a fan of a team. You know, if your daughters were indeed there, that might be a moment where they sort of understood what it meant to live and die with a team. But expound. They actually elaborate. might. They might remember that. I got as you can imagine, fairly animated at the end of that. This game was actually. Uh, the, so, you know, it was, it was a late game. It was a four o'clock start. Yep. My family got hungry and left for dinner at halftime. They said, are you coming with us? I said, of course, absolutely nope. no way. And so they left and I was like, you know, the game, it was like total nail biter. And I'm like, this is kind of awesome. I'm here alone. I'm consuming this football unadulterated without distraction. And then they roll back in with like four or five minutes left in the game. And I'm like, no. Did you, did you have to lay down some quick temporary ground they rules? Down, no, I, they, they, I heard them enter through the, the door to the garage. And I said, nobody come downstairs. But they, they had pizza, so I let them. And uh, so they <laughs> That's came fair down. Trade, and fair they, trade. They got to see me like live and die through all of those last, the, the, the whole ending sequence and, and freak out. So I, I suspect that, uh, that my oldest, my eight-year-old daughter at least, will probably remember that one. Um, you know, as fans of the podcast will know, you are both the expert and the more invested fan of this Washington <laughs> Redskins team. But I can even say as, you know, my fandom has grown through doing the podcast. It's hard not to like cover a team and, you know, and start to, well, I use the term cover loosely, but it's hard <laughs> not to follow a team for whatever purposes and not grow some attachment to them. I think that's just a, a sports thing. I, was I mean, Dan like, Snyder is so lovable that it's hard not to, <laughs> it's hard not to just jump on, jump on that bandwagon yeah. just all the time. No, but like I was like finding myself nervous and being like, come on, like just all in on that game. If you were, uh, I mean, even I saw casual Twitter jumping in, you know, even right down to that last minute where some, some sketchy, uh, you know, clockwork at yeah. the end. And it just felt like, 
you know, Russell Wilson, to remind you, went to NC State. We saw him work magic in in around the ACC and against UNC specifically many times. Mm-hmm. We see we seen Seattle almost be like the Patriots West. He's done it against the Redskins many times too. It, he's done, yeah, and and the, the, again, the Seahawks are almost like Patriots West, where they're thought of as smarter than everybody and just and like nicer and better than everybody. So you just feel like. They're going to get the break. So um, without getting too far ahead of ourselves and jumping to the end, uh, give us some more about uh, your, your just overall general thoughts on the game. Okay. You know, I, I was, I was uh, skeptical going into last week's game um, uh, against the Cowboys. And, and, you know, ultimately, you know, they lost. And, and I described that one as inevitable and it felt that way. And I'll tell you what, I, I thought I was giving the Redskins an even lower chance of, of uh, even lower likelihood of winning today than I did last week. I mean, it seemed like impossible. The injury situation coming into this game, and, and as they're announcing the inactives before kick, it was just absurd. I mean, it was it was comical. So they, they I don't know if you caught this, but they had more prohibitively injured players than they could fit in the seven inactives. So they <laughs> they they didn't even dress forty six. I mean, I don't think that's unprecedented, but it is not common at all and uh i think they i think they had two or three guys who were technically active who were not even in uniform so they were just perilously thin and i was thinking not only so then you're taking you know you're taking a bunch of uh, backups and 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 a bunch of you know new additions across the country to play in seattle everybody knows incredibly difficult place to play the seahawks are are you know Maybe not what they once were at their peak, but they're five and two and having a pretty good year. They put up forty last week. Yeah, yeah forty-five. Exactly. exactly. They had a thrilling home game like last week. Um, yeah, and, and put up a ton of points. They still got a an, you know a, a ridiculous amount of elite talent, especially on the defense. They still got Russell Wilson, and you know among all the injuries and and the backups included starting four out of five backups on the offensive line. You know, including an undrafted rookie, a guy they cut and just recently signed, <laughs> a guy that they, they joined the team, you know, like six weeks ago in, in Clemmings at left tackle. I mean, it just, I, you know, it was, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. I thought it was that they were, and furthermore, I thought that if they sustained, you know, even two or three more injuries, especially to starters, not only was it going to get get away from like a winnable game, but it was going to turn into like a, an oddity where guys were going to having to be playing uh, like, you know, positions on the opposite side of the ball, or they might not be able to, you know, actually put together like a normal lineup. And it, it just, for them to like persevere through, now granted, you know, as we'll get to, like the, the Seahawks like tried their best in, in many ways, especially in the first half to, to give this game away. And this, this was a horrible, horrible, <laughs> unthinkable loss for the Seahawks. But <laughs> You know, just the fact that they, 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 they you know, the, the, this group of this motley crew of randos showed up and just got it done. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, just an incredible win. It was exhilarating as a fan to the coaches, obviously Gruden especially, but then Callahan on the offensive line and Minuski running the defense. I mean, hats off. I don't know what else to say. This bud is for you, coaching staff. Just a tremendous job to pull off that win by any means necessary. As much as I will give uh, hats off to the patchwork offensive line and, you know, guys filling in wherever, um, I, I got to go more on the just uh, a just l- incredible one for the ages performance by the defense. Uh, yes, good just, call. Absolutely. Yep. I, uh, I, I, I like, sold that. You're right. 
And 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 I feel like maybe that you know whatever you know I'm not in the locker room and certainly I don't read minds, but like I feel the defense almost instilled confidence in Washington, where it became one of those like guys we don't need 28, we maybe <laughs> don't need 15. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you guys if you guys cannot throw pick sixes, yep. we might be able to do something here. And <laughs> so let's let's start with that early where it was the offense giving up the points for Washington. You're right. Uh, uh, and I always like to check your temperature on like, how did you feel as a fan, you know, slash uh, armchair wannabe blogger analyst, whatever we do call ourselves. Uh, how did you feel after the first couple series where it was like, okay, the offense is going to have as uphill, if not more an uphill battle than previously predicted. However, the defense really seemed up to the challenge. And I know that can, can deflate, but it, it seemed more than just the defense wasn't as bad as the offense. I mean, the defense just seemed really, really sharp. Oh, much and almost like oh, they, no, you're completely they, right. Yeah. They needed to know uh, – I, I don't mean more sharp than the offense was. I mean more sharp than the offense looked bad. Right. Which is like, you know. Uh, just, again, when total yeah, – from the outset, when you're turning the ball over, giving the the the, the Seahawks the ball multiple times to start the, the their drives inside, you know, on your side of the field – were you overall feeling good or terrible after the first couple series where it became clear that your offense did have a challenge, but the defense was absolutely up to the challenge? Definitely terrible. I thought this was a rerun. <laughs> I thought this was a rerun. This was, you know, because we've seen it several times this year um, where the defense comes out hot and they're charged up and, they, you know, they look good and maybe they force a turnover, and then, but the offense can't get it together. And, and then the defense eventually just gasses out. And, and I was like, this is exactly where we're heading because the offense can't sustain a drive. Um, and, and, you know, and, and defense is not going to be able to sustain this. But, um, you know, they just did – the defense just was tremendous the whole game. I mean, they gave up, I guess, I guess the two touchdowns. But you're absolutely right. The, the, the defense stole the show. And then the offense basically had one – drive in the first Just half one. and one drive in the second half only one and that was yes. it that's what they needed and it, they, the, those two drives were perfect essentially perfect and like it was just enough because seattle did so much to uh you know to to kick to to um basically hurt themselves they, they, they missed three field goals which is ridiculous <laughs> and they had i think 16 penalties for over 100 yards is they kept shooting themselves in the foot so um, they, they, you know, it was like the Redskins hardly were, were, you know, played flawless. Like the offense right. had a lot of problems throughout the game aside from those two drives. And it was like, you would go into it thinking if the offense played that badly for most of the game, they, they would have no chance. It seemed like another tiny margin of error game, but the Seahawks made so many mistakes of their own that it was up for grabs. Uh, what pissed you off more in the early going, the fumble handoff? Uh, as you listed, Oof. and are you freaking kidding me? Move yeah. or the uh, the safety? Uh well, the, the the fumble pissed me off more. I mean, the safety felt kind of like almost you know inevitable. But um, the yeah, I mean, P Ryan, who's had trouble hanging out of the ball since preseason, just like basically you know <laughs> just put just bricked the hand off. I mean, you know, you just it was inexcusable. At that point, it was like, here we go, you know. And then, and then Wagner comes in completely unblocked on the safety, and you're like, all right, it's just going to start snowballing. But they uh, they stopped the bleeding right away. It was it was amazing. The defense was carrying that sad sack offense certainly through the first quarter.
Fuller had a huge interception in the first half. Oh. I feel like he we haven't talked about him as much because he's been so good. guy's making plays. But isn't it just awesome that always good to have a Fuller brother on your team? I know as a Virginia Absolutely. You may not like to admit that, but like anytime you got a fuller brother on your team, you're like that guy knows how to play football. Yeah, yeah, I know mean, it was. It was. He's just. He's such a. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's what like you'd some some fuller, fuller brothers brother. are better he's than others, he's but they know a, how to play football. Exactly right. They are. Yeah, that, that's a low ceiling football family. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, low ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, so I, so I meant I meant low floor. It's it's, it's low floor. That's yeah, yeah. That's what we meant. Low floor. You, low floor you, football. You know player, exactly. Yeah. You're getting minimum a very good football player with and, a fuller brother. And that pick he made was just erotic. I mean, he just totally bodied Doug Baldwin, who's super annoying anyway. He's like this yappy little chihuahua. And he was kind of bi- he didn't do much all night, did he? I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah, look at his yeah, stats. Sometimes he has a quiet plays. eighty or whatever, but yeah, he didn't exactly. do much. No, but I mean, the fact that he just beat Baldwin to that spot and just oh, and just made a sick pick. I, that was awesome. What a play! Yeah, I think he's got three picks on the year. I mean, he's he's absolutely after after getting completely healed up from that micro fracture, like panning out into a fully legit DB. I do, believe, I do believe it's three interceptions leading the team at this point in the year. All right, random football observation question, something that could probably be answered with us doing research and getting the full answer on this, but, but it's more fun to debate on the podcast and not really know what the definitive answer is, <laughs> although there definitely is one. On that play, I thought about this. So Fuller jumps the pass, and he and um, uh, Baldwin basically meet shoulder to shoulder, but Fuller gets his arms in the better position and, mm-hmm. and catch the ball, and they go down. And it's the correct call that he should have been down, just like if – like it, like for some reason the announcers are confused because he intercepted it as mm-hmm. if like maybe it didn't matter. But like if a receiver hap- happened to do that and yeah. caught it that way, you, everyone would clearly know he's down. Like yeah. two bodies collided, and then one. Into, it didn't matter when he really finally gained possession. He's down from that, right? Okay, but the Seahawks didn't challenge the interception. The refs just looked at the interception because it's a turnover, yeah. and all turnovers get reviewed, right? Are they allowed to look at because yes, it's one, I think they can they can like overturn any part of it, any part. Okay, I okay, because because that's what I was curious about. Like, it's one thing if they and it was like it was worth looking at. Did he definitely possess it? And I wouldn't. I'm not even like I'm 98 percent sure he caught that. But there weren't any great angles to see sort of straight on to see if it ever might. Whatever. Yeah. My, my my point more was did they overstep their bounds by going ahead and pulling him back without making the Seahawks challenge it? Yeah. But you're probably you. right on any turnover. You could probably look at any part of the play. But I just thought it was a curious. Question. I think that is right. And by the way, coming back to your point from last week about play about refs letting them play basically yep. way through the whistle. How about how about the cuz fumble touchdown thing? Oh yeah, was, exactly. Oh, that no. was infuriating. Same thing where you're like, no, you're watching it um I, I watched another game or two today where it happened and It happened like, three or four times today and it's like in real time, even through your TV, you're like it's not even close. It's, like it's you, to the you know exactly the, what's going to happen and they're going to burn 5 minutes on it. it. Well, it's to the point now where like Bill Belichick is definitely going to be coaching his guys to just continue, right, no matter right. what, until you've been whistled down twice, don't stop. Yeah. Because once again, we can probably entice a challenge flag out of the other guy. Like, we can make him use a challenge flag because they let a terribly dumb play just go on, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. And force you to use a challenge flag on it. Uh, it's Yeah, they, need to, they really need to fix that. Uh, and I don't even know what the right answer is unless it's – the only thing I can think is, like we said, don't make it – the overwhelming preponderance of evidence in replay. Replay just needs to get 
right. call on that. Burden of proof, like I guess. Yeah, that might whatever. be the, the variable you can influence. Um, all right. Which did you like more? Which made you, uh, with, without, again, we'll pretend your family was still uh, getting <laughs> pizza at this time. Which aroused you more, the, <laughs> the Fuller pick or the Compton pick in the second half? That was pretty nice. I was really glad to see Com- – I mean, he's just a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. Um, and, and, you know, he makes, he makes his hay on just intelligent football. And so he was in the right place, right time. I think Russell, Russell Wilson just didn't see him on that play, but, um, so that, that, that was awesome. I was happy for him, but yeah, the fuller pack definitely got me more excited. Um, all right, but one linebacker probably overshadowed even Compton's play. He had a great game. Uh, I I was going to frame this question is, do you give more credit to Zach Brown or the coaching staff for the way they used him? You got to give more credit to the player. Oh my gosh. He is so money. It seemed like they did a very good job. They deployed him him extremely effectively, sort of like sometimes kind of as as a spy. Yeah. He was not a full-time spy, but but also as like a blitzer. um, And he, and he just did, you know, his usual thing with, with crazy side to sideline to sideline range. Um, he was, I mean, I think the defensive MVP basically, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, did, did his thing a lot and sort of broke contain, but he was, they, they, they found a way to really limit his, his damage on broken plays. I mean, that's what I thought so too. Yeah. I I mean, I I can't say yet that I really understand exactly how, I mean, a lot of that goes down to the secondary, like kind of locking down guys and just not, not letting a lot of those schoolyard, you know, backyard plays happen. uh, And, you know, after, after it's all broken down, but, um, but Zach Brown was just like, they, 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 he seemed to be in the right spot at the right time. So many times. No, it's exactly what it is. It, It can be very frustrating as a fan because, it, you know, you, I could cut together a highlight reel where if I told you the game ended with, you know, Seattle winning by four points and Russell Wilson, you know, threw for 250 right. and ran for 150, you'd believe it based on the highlight package. I could put together, but they did a, they, they knew what to give up in order to, to achieve their ultimate goal. And that was like no total, just, you know, dude running free in the right. secondary on the same play that Russell Wilson was breaking free and creating 10 seconds yep. for somebody. Um, you, you know, if a guy, if Russell Wilson got loose and had full time, it probably meant that Zach Brown was helping protect another part of the field. And, uh, and it just, it, it, it's not, it wasn't quite a bend, but don't break, but it was more just like, we don't have to, you know, kill Russell Wilson. We just can't let Russell Wilson kill us. And uh, mm-hmm. again, whether it's, you know, I'll I'll start. Sounds like you will too with Zach Brown's play, but it did seem like schematically um, a, a good thing. Oh yeah, I, oh yeah. I'm I mean, just just I'm super impressed with whatever Minuski put together to to limit them. He was clearly frustrated through like especially in the first half. I mean, where they went in a half with two points, right? They were doing nothing. I mean, yeah. he, he he looked completely <laughs> yeah. flustered and frustrated. I mean, he's throwing up a lot of weird, like, rainbow balls. Yeah, yeah. They, they just had him, you know, flung. And how many balls did he throw away? Yeah. And yeah. I know that's, like, the smart quarterback move, but when you're throwing away, like, eight balls a game. They really – I was looking at his completion – like, you know, at one point he was completing only 50% of his passes. Yeah. It didn't seem like he was that inaccurate, and then you just realized it was like, oh, dude, he's got, like, six throwaways out of every yeah. – well passes. Minuski's plan was awesome. I do. Somebody on Twitter pointed out to me. I thought this was smart that uh, that Tom Sula might have had. You know, having come from San Fran, um, like has played this this you know yeah. m- most of this this Seattle team That's several true. times. I you know I, I bet he had a lot to contribute there. But Minuski's plan was great. Zach Brown was an absolute demon. Swearinger, 
who uh, we criticized, uh, was it last week or, or two weeks ago, for getting um, you know smoked in coverage. It was, it was a Philly game, yeah, um, for getting lit up in coverage a little bit. But he was awesome in coverage tonight. That was huge. And um, uh, I think those were the two, you know, to me, the, the big stars on defense. D'Angelo Hall made his, his comeback performance and, uh, and acquitted himself nicely. Like, certainly, certainly was not a liability, so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a couple specific big plays late in the game. Um, I feel like sometimes I don't want to say specifics just because I love Cam Newton, but uh, certain players, uh, <laughs> certain <laughs> skills can get overshadowed because those aren't the main skills of their position. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes people forget to rate how amazing his running skill it just adds to everything. Sort of like Russell Wilson too. That's the same with – cornerbacks uh what's the guy's name for the chiefs marcus peters yeah great cover corner just an incredible player but you forget that like josh norman freaking tackles oh my gosh like and it's not you know like nobody drafts corners because they're great tacklers you have to be first and foremost good at things but like that is one of the things the tackle he made on homeboy was like eight and a half minutes of the game and you were counting down possessions basically because you knew you know, you, you, whatever. You, you could see how the game's going to play out. You were mapping out the possessions. He makes an unbelievable tackle, basically dragging a dude. I mean, the, the whole defense did a good job to string yeah. out the play, but it, run, it came down to a one I think that was on tackle. Rawls, right, the running back? I yeah, mean, absolutely Unbelievable tackle, just shy of the marker. You're absolutely right. I mean, the looked, dude tried to like stiff arm, and he dragged him like down by the stiff arm. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was like impossible tackle. Um, so just a huge defensive play. Uh, a play that I thought went overlooked a little bit, and this is good. This I've, I've maybe become a little bit too nitpicky on clock stuff, but Ryan Grant had a pretty big catch. I don't know if you remember; it was about four and a half minutes in the game. Yeah, and then he wanders out of bounds. Yes. Yeah. He's dancing, which is like, okay, yeah. I get it. You're like, you know, and then he goes out of bounds. Yeah, no question. Anyway, that was stupid. That's just one of those like smart teams don't do that. Um, all right, and then talk about Brian Quick's catch. Yeah. Yes, great throw. I thought some people seem great to think throw. it was a little bit lucky, but like that's no, idiotic. That was he a put it up there throw and catch and, from a guy and, that had done nothing. I think that was he had he came into the game with one catch this year. And as always, I'm going to have to make that North Carolina connection. That's an Appalachian State graduate, <laughs> that's Brian right. Quick. Um, but yeah, and he turned. You know, as the announcers uh, deftly pointed out, he turned from inside out to get it. I. I didn't when I saw him turn his head. I thought he's not going to catch it, um, <laughs> and and it was a great catch. And then, uh, can you give me your 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 frame by frame reaction to Doxon for the, for the for the whole the Doxon play? So yeah, and so Doxon had had an, another big catch just just shortly before that where. There's some question as to whether he was actually intended receiver, but Sherman. Oh yeah, was, yeah, yeah. We're, Sherman we're, was all over him, and he just goes up and and just. Well, like, yeah, and Sherman interfered on that, and yes. you knew he did because Sherman put his hands down to did the like I'm not yep. touching him. That was like clearly like yeah. oh I definitely just. And Doxon was furious. Doxon makes the catch, and then it was mad the that they wanted to call there. They didn't get flagged for it, but yeah. So I was already pumped about. I that. think there was too much traffic. I, I think the refs really couldn't see it. I mean, but, we've yeah. said this once. You know, Doxon's had uh, just you know his, his rookie year was a wash, and then he's had this super frustrating second year where he's like flashing, but like basically not getting enough opportunities in my opinion. And then occasionally, like at the end of the Chiefs game, had a chance to be ultimate hero and, and yep. just drop that hard ball. But um, Doxon, you know, we, we said this once before when he scored that, that other long touchdown a month ago, 
and basically mossed a guy that like this is what he was drafted to do. But it, you know, it just it happened again. He did exactly what he's here to do, and it's like freaking a. Are, can like can can everybody see what's happening here? Like let's feed this dude because that was just. I mean, it was it it's was one of the hardest catches to make. A great ball, a great catch. It's such an incredibly important moment in the game for that to happen. Uh, yeah, no, I mean they don't win. They they, don't I mean, win. you know, the, they the, their win. chances of winning go. Yeah. Him I mean, making that just, catch. The, the chances yeah, yeah. Of, of winning, nobody, not not a single Redskins fan or media person or anybody. Nah. Thought Even that with they were the ball win driving, you don't the think ball. they're going to win. Nope, no, nope, no chance, no, no chance. Then there's the quick, you know, there's the, there's the, the pass to quick that you mentioned. And then that, it's just, that was just unbelievable. And I don't know what, I mean, something, he's done that enough, even, even in, despite his couple of drops, like, I don't know why. Like, when is the game coming where they're going to give him twelve targets? Because, right, right. right. Like, give him let chances. Let this guy go off. Like, let him go off. He might. He might really be legit. I don't. I mean, I'm waiting for it. I think it's coming. Was there any part of you that wanted them to take a knee on first down and try and run the clock out? No. I mean, I. I was. <laughs> you know, I told you my like family I was. My family was back at that point, and and I, I started to tell <laughs> them I'm like. I'm a little worried here that they might score too early, but I, I, <laughs> like you went super excited. You gotta you're, you're, have it at all costs. So I'm no, like, I, know. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, you're, you're dancing, you. you're really dancing with the devil. Yeah. If you there's a, there's a second of me that thought about it, but I'm I'm with that was the, you. I, you tweeted me. You said too I much think the announcer. I think the announcer said that that'd be too cute. Um, I'll I'll even admit when they so the the. You know, the Redskins have played, obviously, you know, sort of above their head, as we've talked about all their all game, or, um, you know, they've avoided making the terrible mistake. Right. Making the terrible mistake. I will say, it crossed my mind, this is now becoming a segment of the podcast where Hayes chimes in about the point spread. <laughs> <laughs> but when they, you know, you know, it, it went from the ultimate, like, all right, you know, even if they lose, the Redskins have now put themselves in a position where they <laughs> yeah. can't they can't lose by more than eight and a half when they gave up the touchdown and then they said so they're down what fourteen to ten? Yeah, yeah fourteen yep, to ten. Yep. Where you're like, you know what? And you're this waiting has, for another pick. This six. has pick six or like <laughs> or like get the ball to the fifty yard line with no time left, run a razzle dazzle that turns into, you know, like this has all the makings of a <laughs> of a blown That's backdoor their cover. That is their and instead, move. but Instead, I'm going to go a different direction. Instead of the Redskins, you know, bad beats uh, theory, which they've been good for a couple times this year, I'm going for I'm going back to a Permar theory just to tweak somebody. Our friends, uh, Mister Irrelevant, Matram, and yeah. who, who does he podcast with? Matt Turrell from Washington okay. City Paper. Turrell was done with yeah. Cuz. Yeah, he wanted like, and if you asked that dude, he would have had zero faith. And especially if you watch the rest of the game, like zero faith that Cuz makes that you know final drive, right? Oh yeah, he got. You should check his timeline. He had Turl had a tweet right before that <laughs> drive that didn't age well. So I'm going with like skill set, expectations, everything else. Cuz career wise is very similar to Mike Glennon. Now he <laughs> now now he's been a starter for much longer. It, it, the theory is kind of falling apart, except for Cuz just like right when everybody who was like. 50-50 on him. I don't know. Is it good or not? Those, the, when those people are just like, you know what? I'm about ready to give. Wait, what? Game winning, game winning drive at Seattle? Wait, with, with two huge, like, 
big nutsack throws. Like not just like you got the ball <laughs> down the field because yes, you know, wait a minute. Of Chris, course, that's what Chris Thomas broke a screen for seventy yards. It was not what, that. What, what is? How does? Where's the Glennon part of that? What are you talking about? Is that is that every every time that that Glenn like they they're, they've seemed very similar, but every time Glennon's been put in one of those. All right, let's see if you really deserve uh, to be a starter. Oh. He falls apart. Oh, he throws a three-pick game, <laughs> or his team puts him in posi- position to yes. win. On a, like he has an average game, but he could win on a final drive, and he throws a pick six instead. And like every time he's done that. Whereas Cuz has this uncanny uh, uncanny ability to deliver the you like that or how you like me now. He can. Or, he's yeah, obviously that after. The- he could have said something. He's you know? done it. He's certainly done it enough to to be to to have proven capable of it. But you know, then there's also uh, look. I, I'm 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 a I'm a, a an adamant cuz supporter here. But I mean, how I'm not going to forget. You know, games like the final regulation game against the Giants, uh, regular season <laughs> game last, last year that you know he basically blew at the, the end. The he, man that the man that invented the cuz bone. Exactly, exactly. Trust me, I needn't be reminded that cuz bones <laughs> exist. But um, but you know the idea though that there there is still that there's a, there's a lot there's a big a big segment of the Redskins fan base that thinks that he's just like decidedly unclutch. And I'm like, that's just not accurate. He can't I be mean, unclutch. He can be not great, but he can't he can't be unclutch well, now. No, not even, no way. He said he said he said a handful of games where he's been super clutch. Yeah, so it's yeah. like. It's it's a total narrative killer. I mean, uh, you know, you never really know what you're going to get, but the idea that he shrinks uh, from you know from no, big moments no, has been completely no, discredited. No, he he might not be whatever. We can still debate on how high up yeah. the quarterback ranking chart he goes, but he ain't scared. And... But I mean, no, you're right. But but we got to stay on that. Like for this game, so what do you you know? In, in so many of his games, we're left kind of wondering like. How exactly do we grade that? Was he good or was he bad? You know, and right. it, I'm I'm firmly in. He was so good when he just so win baby he needed to be just win it's, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the binary, it's a one, right? But yeah. no doubt, for much of the game, he looked like ass. You know, there there are um, there are many mitigating factors, including no running you know, game. Yeah, the environment, the zero conditions, running yeah. zero running game, and a bunch of you know FedEx delivery guys blocking for him. So. Yeah. Like the idea, it, it, it was you know going into the game, everyone knew the expectations should be super low. They should be on the floor. And then all of a sudden, you get into the third quarter, and you're like, oh, we're you know we're winning. Maybe we should demand a win now. And then maybe like every time he takes a sack, we should go ape. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, he probably held onto the ball a little bit longer a few times than he should have. Maybe he took of his six sacks, probably two of them he could have thrown away and and, and neutralized. But the idea, like, there's people on Twitter ripping him for swallowing the ball and I'm like look the whole like one of his greatest strengths that have gotten him to this point is getting rid of it quickly so it's like it's not like he just forgot how to do that tonight and just decided yeah. not to he's, he's getting crushed he's getting crushed on a bunch of these dropbacks by the way Gruden called too many dropbacks I don't know why he stuck with it like we wanted more of those early in the season and now that he's got no no starting offensive lineman he's like He's dropping back time and time again and getting cuz killed. But yep. um, you know, they I think he should have gotten back to the quick game sooner and the offense might have done a little bit more. But I mean he was it, it was h- harsh, hostile conditions and he figured it out. Just win baby, like you said. Um, if I told you right now that Jordan Reed was gonna be out for the season, would you be disappointed? Yeah, no, I definitely would, but but I wouldn't be devastated. Mm, I mean, uh, Vernon's kind of nasty. Yeah, he looks good, but you you want you if you can have both, it's a huge advantage. 
I guess. But I feel like when they have them both, they end up – I feel like Vernon gets five targets a game. And, yeah. And when they're in there together, the tight end position only gets like seven tight ends. Yeah, no no doubt. No doubt. Uncle Vernon. I feel like they, they might be two of the three best, you know, pass receivers for the Redskins. Right. Almost certainly two of the best four. And so, uh, I don't know. But um, VD is definitely holding it down. I mean, it's like week after week at this point. Like, and for the first month or so, it was like kind of a joke. Like, look, haha, the old yeah, exactly. backup tight end is like the best player. But now it's, you know, we're coming up on week 10 and it's like, oh, the old backup tight end is our best player. He didn't have a TD, but he was just like the only thing that seemed super reliable. Well, yeah, I mean, the first the, the first drive, you know, the only effective, you know, successful drive they had in the first half was all him. I think he caught three long passes on that drive. Um, yeah, it was just good. All right, cruising Brent's notes. We've hit many of these things. I think from, we hit pretty much all of it. From Fuller to I – mean, I was wanting to think if there's anything. What's Walsh MFG um, – missed field goal times three. That's Exclamation. I mean, that's that's a like don't. Well, I, they're they're in Seattle. I was gonna say don't get on the plane home, but like that that might that's a, missing yeah. three in a game that like is that nip and tuck. Is, well, and of is, course like, he he's that's near like don't don't be in the locker room. Yeah, territory I mean he, he had that infamous choke job when he was with the Vikings. It's like yeah. At this no. point in that in that role, like I, he's he's had enough stuff happen. You got to wonder how he's ever gonna bounce back from that. No, nah, but I mean like do you, I mean do you straight fire him? I don't know who else they. I, I mean. I, maybe I mean he's that, that's that's his second catastrophic choke job in uh, like, you, you gotta you know, go get a cooker you gotta go get a kicker yeah um did you can you can you assess percentage chance you thought the team was gonna win when the last drive began when the when the Redskins got the ball the when the Redskins well yeah. yeah actually let's go both of them when the Redskins got the ball and then when the Seahawks had the ball with the minute to go. <laughs> Okay, so when Cuz got the ball with under two minutes to go, yeah, I mean, I thought I would have given the Redskins about a t- <laughs> ten, probably ten. I'd be about ten. I yeah. would have said ten. Yeah. And then, um, and then, and then they score. And then when Russ has a minute to go, I'm thinking that the odds of them forcing overtime is easily over fifty percent. I was going fifty fifty, but I really like the fact that uh, I was almost actually a little distressed by the fact that they knew their kicker sucked so bad. Cause right. sometimes NFL teams will settle into this. All we got to do is get to the 30. Yeah. And yeah, it's almost yeah. like they're going to press more for the end zone. Yeah. Good point. Like 50, yeah. That was the one thing is I'm kind of like, okay, well they're already basically in field goal range, but I'm like, this guy's a total hack job. Yeah. So like that's bring, no bring that. Yeah. Uh, and then on the final play on the weird timing and, and Russell trying to cheat yeah. and throw the ball when he was down, uh, what were your feelings? Were you yelling, nervous, mad, sad? And I mean, I was. Did they I, did they get that right at all? Uh, who the refs? Yeah, I was confused about the runoff part, and I, me too. I was, I was a little surprised that it counted. I mean, and 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 this the kids were going crazy here, but so <laughs> they they he was sacked right, so he was down. Yes, and they and I guess so the so the clock should have run but didn't because of the review, so they ran it off ten seconds. Is that right? Well, no, it's, it's that this is what I thought was weird about it. I still don't have a, a, a pretty good answer. Because I'll tell you right now, I want to hear what you're going to say. But if if that clock had bounced back to 14, I thought that, that's what I, like, I thought it was I'm 12. Thinking, I'm thinking we're dead. I thought <laughs> like, it was I thought it was going to be 12, but I thought I thought they were going to say, okay, well, we should have ruled that he was down and the clock runs right, but because we called it incomplete, 
the best we can do is just put the clock back to there and then start it immediately. Yeah. You know, you know. That's kind of what and, I thought, but then they, but then they said that the. Rules that's I don't know, I don't know where the four set where right. the four seconds left of the clock. It was almost like then they stopped the clock, but then started it for a second, and then because they told the Seahawks, no, 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 we are running a play, and then they went and like spiked the ball. But then it was like no, no, no. Like to me, that four seconds of the clock was only based on them. Stopping the game uh-huh. on the Seahawks spiking right. on a play that ended up not really happening because we still need to figure out what I, I don't. Know. I'm with you. I was very confused about that. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't really understand exactly how that worked. But but I was very confused. It seemed like it seemed like it came up Redskins in every possible way. There kind of. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure based on like if it had been called properly on the field. I'm not sure the Seahawks would have run another play after that. Uh, so in that sense, I, I thought see it. I see they it, yeah. kind of benefited. Yeah. However, yes, it, it could have been worse yeah, where they got right two that. or three plays. I guess you're right about that. Um, out of it. So, uh, but I but, wasn't upset because I thought they were calling it an incomplete pass on the field. No, I did. I did. They they got wrong, they got enough parts of it right that yeah. it seemed like all right. Um, I don't even know what's next. That one took a lot out of me. What's uh, I know there's not a bye week. Who's um, good? it's Minnesota next. Um, yeah, winnable game, but you know, it's one, whatever. Every yeah. game's like every game you give the Redskins between a 47 and 53% chance of winning. Exactly. At this point, right. Exactly. You know what I mean, but you know, um, I so. mean, this just, again, this, this win just sort of strengthened my belief that, that, you know, basically anything can happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm after, after this one, far be it for me to, uh, to write them off before any of the remaining games, because no. I, again, I thought, I thought this was, was a an exercise in futility, and for them to emerge victorious was just unbelievable to me. No, it was well done, and uh, I like your theory. Of, everybody says they want to make the playoffs because that sounds like some measure of actual success, but the reality is, as a fan, what you truly want is for your team to be interesting and in the hunt yep. into December. If, yeah. You know, Falling out of the playoff week on the final week or maybe even the week before is really not that much of a missing out. If you know your team's not great, the losing the first week of the right. playoff, whatever. Like the, the goal is to have interesting 14 to 15, 16 right. worthwhile um, games to uh, escape from the rest. That is all. that is basically how how I've I've come no, become. It is. A I think that's think average fan. Like that's that's what to me that's what a November win is good for. It's like extending your mathematical. Uh, viability for at least another week, you know, into yep. into the holidays. So. Yep, and uh, and the Redskins have done just that. If they could keep extending their viability past the holidays, we certainly will be talking about that and even more. Before I conclude, it, did you have anything else you want to say? I want to add briefly, <laughs> so, so slightly off topic. I like but, it. I went into full shutdown mode. Like, oh, let me refer to him. I know no, we've been going for a while, but let me, let me check with him. This needs to be mentioned as painful yes. as, as it is. What? That uh, Carson Wentz absolutely carved up a a talented what? Broncos defense. What? Why, why are you doing this right now? Hey, I mean, it's just like I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring it back home. To You've reality. played the Eagles twice, right? Dude, what do you even? face the Eagles anymore. Wentz, this is totally crap. Wentz is... This is totally shit. How are you going to do this on a victory day? <laughs> Wentz, How are you going to just 
Just drop your pants and turd on the end of this podcast <laughs> All right, by praising made. a quarterback that we're not even going to see anymore. Point made, point made. It's ridiculous. I, just, I, I feel compelled to acknowledge what I saw today in him and, like, that, that guy is going Un- to be a unbelie- This is like a, a podcast. This is, this is a fine-worthy offense to a podcast. Like, I mean, it might be relevant if you play them next week or in two weeks or even one more time this season. But No. Don't even face this clown. You might I want to hear about Wentz. Might, we, we might see him again in January. He, you know what? He might die before then, okay? You might never have to see him, okay? Life comes at you fast. Forget Wentz. <laughs> the Redskins won today, and that's all we're talking about. 17-14 over <laughs> Russell Wilson and all his magic nano bubble water, whatever it is he's on these days. Uh, and if Carson Wentz does anything great next week, I'm sure we'll be leading off with that with Brent. <laughs> And I'm Hayes for Burgundy Blogcast. Later. Burgundy Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth.